0: Hello and welcome to this special podcast all about farm assurance brought to you by the National Federation of Young Farmers Clubs. You may well have heard about the potential benefits of getting involved with farm assurance, or alternatively, you may be unsure whether it's the right step to take. But either way, this program is all about introducing you to assurance schemes and hopefully answering any questions that you might have at this point. My name is Ben Eagle and I'm joined today by Robin Levin, who is the Agricultural Relationship Manager for the UK and Ireland at SAI Global Assurance Services. Robin's career spanned mixed farming, sales, management, consultancy, agronomy, and farm and food assurance. He's also a former YFC member, and as he assures me, once a young farmer, always a young farmer. <laughs> Robin, thanks for coming on to give us your thoughts. Um, Could you start by introducing farm assurance schemes, um, giving some key examples perhaps, and, and also explaining what
1: SAI's role is in the process? Thank you Ben and and hello to everyone. Examples of the schemes uh, in the UK would be Red Tractor Assured uh, such as beef and lamb, combinable crops and sugar beet, fresh produce, dairy and poultry amongst others. SAI Global's role is that of a certification body and we deliver the assurance certification on behalf of the standard owners and the standard owners would also include uh, bodies like Leafmark, and several retail-specific standards. And outside of the UK, there are various international schemes, such as Global Gap.
0: Perfect. I mean, on a practical level, um, what's involved when a farmer signs up for a farm assurance scheme? Um, what will, for example, will they be asked to do that they might not
1: already be doing? Yeah, well, getting acquainted with the scheme standards and rules is the sort of first thing, to think about and to that end the full list of the standards and what's involved with each of the standards as well as indicating what the farmer needs to show that they're complying. So learn the boundaries involved and the rules if you like and get ready for that first farm assessment with new areas being considered uh, things like being compliant with good agricultural practice all the year round maintaining records to show this and developing a system to make it as easy as possible just on a personal level can you remember your first inspection i can remember my very first inspection as an inspector which was uh, quite a long time ago now i guess it was a good 20 years ago that was going to a beef and lamb lamb farmer in oxfordshire okay and uh, yeah really good fun never forgotten it i'm oh, sure well. they've forgotten me but I'm, <laughs> a- <laughs> I'm not
0: sure about that um so, clearly, there's been lots of reasons why producers decide to go down this line. What are the main reasons, though, that producers decide to sign up for a scheme?
1: I guess it's a realisation, from, particularly from their buyers, that by being assured can widen the spectrum of market opportunities for the produce on the farm. You know, the, the older traditional ways of marketing are what they are and, and fantastic but now perhaps people need a bit more confidence that everything's in order and meets sort of industry requirements as well as an increasingly aware consumer who has a lot more mm. technology available to start questioning and go, well, where's that come from? And yeah. so on. And at the same time you must come across people who
0: are say more reluctant to sign up to a scheme. What are the key concerns yeah. that producers tend to have?
1: I think with anything new we're, we're all similar and we, you know, if if it's something you've not done before and you're not familiar with there are always barriers and of course you'll listen sometimes to friends and colleagues who uh, who probably don't really uh, think of it from your point of view and might be a bit negative yeah we get questions like well you know all the paperwork and i don't like computers and i haven't the time available to do yeah. all these documents Yeah,
0: that's a big one yeah
1: yeah i don't know what the benefits are and all that sort of thing so it's and sometimes um people actually say well it's just us british that do it no one else does it and of course (laughs) that's so wrong Mm. the rest of the world is doing their various things too so
0: let's turn to the auditing process itself what happens when an auditor visits a farm um, and what happens after the visit
1: well firstly all of our auditors inspectors assessors are farmer-friendly They're specifically trained and experienced to deliver farm assurance. And the farmer kind of needs to relax and say, okay, I'm in the hands of a professional here. They'll call and make a mutually convenient time, they'll talk through the requirements for the audit, just help settle any nerves, really, as well. They'll arrive for the audit and they'll have shared a plan in advance of that audit. So the farmer's got a, a good idea. of of what's going to happen and where, and the auditor will kind of just take them through it. You know, they'll want to look at uh, what's actually happening outside in in the yard and in the fields and uh, so on, and and also then check the the records and so on, all of which can be seen in advance by the farm. Yeah. The confidence and impartiality is core to everything, so the farmer doesn't need to worry about that sort of thing. And now we can can do remote and on-site audits. And after the visit, the report's shared immediately back with the farmer and the certification team back in the uh, offices are are ready to help and discuss any technical elements that are needed.
0: I mean, a lot of this, you could say that it's actually about efficiency as well. I mean, how can signing up to a scheme improve the efficiencies of a business? Um, And ultimately, I suppose, return on investment, which is what a lot of this is about.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, in terms of return on investment, I guess the the, the sort of obvious way that people will will first look at is if I can access a different market, obviously that might give me either a solidity of income coming in or maybe even a small increase, which in itself will pay for the the time involved and the cost of the audit, which is only relatively small, particularly depending on the the size of the business. Uh, But also that uh, sense of everyday compliance, knowing that you are meeting whatever's out there is required as good agricultural compliance and practice is that that gives you then time to sit and think you've developed systems for recording you've got time then to sit and think about how you can improve things and just make them a bit better
0: what about farmers who are looking to improve specifically environmental outcomes um why should they consider a scheme and and i suppose i'm thinking at the back of my mind here moving towards elms specifically
1: yeah well all the schemes have got important environmental areas for compliance it, it could be something such as minimizing the risk of contamination of water for example you know with fertilizer spreading and spray application making sure that it's done according to a, a standard a good 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 practice and similarly with medicines and, and all those sort of things have a big effect on environment and then there's specific environmental schemes such as leaf mark uh, based on integrated farm management and in particular, I think Elms, uh, however, it finally develops, uh, will consider farmers, particularly Red Tractor and Leaf, you know, as a sort of prerequisite for yep. uh, just helping farmers through whatever that scheme ends up being.
0: You mentioned on on an inspections front, on a visits front, you no longer have to be actually on site um, to do one of those, which of course this year that has been flagged up significantly. What has the impact of COVID been on assurance schemes? Um, I'm assuming auditing has been undertaken in a slightly different way.
1: Well, we've introduced remote auditing as a preferred option, particularly during lockdown. And quite a few of our members have actually said that they've been shielding or were concerned about it and, and we're also concerned primarily about them and we're concerned about our own staff. Yeah, um, sure. And so uh, developed through Red Tractor initially and, and LEAF, we were the first CB to be accredited by UCAS for remote farm assurance and uh, the difference is the standard owners have developed a portal for members to upload documents ahead of a video-based live farm tour Uh, and that's where farms have connectivity and technology.
0: We've mentioned Elms briefly uh, but what about future policy generally with a new agriculture bill in place uh, what impact might that have on the farm assurance scheme model do you think?
1: Well, I think when the dust finally settles on exactly how the, the new bill will be implemented, then any changes necessary for assurance will be considered and implemented implemented by the standard owners. But it's the standard owners that will make these changes. Standards are being evaluated all the time by every standard owner, and they're shared with their stakeholders for comment and appreciation. And this will continue throughout any changes. The future is really exciting.
0: We talk a lot about potential for collaboration and cooperation in the industry, especially with young farmers, um, and surely there are opportunities here for younger farmers who may be able to help, say, other producers who may not have the time or, or the technical know-how to undertake aspects of schemes to comply. Do you think there is an opportunity here for younger farmers?
1: Oh, yes. I, I think many young farmers have strong technical skills, and these could be brought to help more traditional minds to meet records, documents, information, sharing, compliance, and, and perhaps even looking at new systems on a farm to help meet assurance standards. So I, th- I think that's a great argument that young farmers could get involved, help community, maybe a career opportunity as well.
0: Yeah. yeah, lots of options there. Do you think that younger farmers will embrace farm assurance on a wider level compared to where we have been before?
1: I think so. I think a lot of colleges now and universities actually talk about farm assurance as part of the the sort of education at university. I think today's young farmers are grown up understanding technology and how it can be applied, especially with farm assurance. I think they appreciate perhaps the the sort of more novel styles of food uh, and the direction of the marketplace. I think young farmers can help make life a lot easier and help embrace the future by taking on this information.
0: And looking ahead to that future, obviously depending on which scheme standard you look at, there will be differences between them, but where do you think Farm Assurance will be in 10 years' time? What do you think it will look like?
1: I think the aim of Assurance has always been to have good, robust, practical standards that people can achieve to provide confidence. And I think there will be changes to sort of help that. I think there could be more automated compliance, data sharing to save farmers actually needing to write the records themselves or enter them. Perhaps Expresses could be automated more. There might be more assurance apps. Uh, There's a growing uh, risk-based approach to auditing that will give a, a stronger all year round compliance. And I think more reliance on assurance for farm support compliance, perhaps. There may be less on-site visits uh, with the growth of more risk-based assessments and more sort of automated uh, records and so on and the ability of farmers to use the portals that are out there now to make the actual visitor shorter but more concentrated on the practical elements I think is again going to be a really great and positive change.
0: That's all been really interesting. Just before we go, if someone listening wants to get involved in a scheme or find out more, um, what can they do to get started?
1: They could look at the uh, standard owners' websites. They eat more easily, can call our client services team on 01908. 249950 or 249973 they can have a look at our website which is saiassurancecouk forward slash agriculture brilliant
0: well that's all we have time for but many thanks Robin for your time and for giving us your thoughts We hope that you found this podcast useful and wish you the best of luck if you choose to enter a farm assurance scheme or even if you're just beginning to explore the concept. For now, though, it's goodbye from me and Robin and thank you very much for listening. This podcast was presented and produced by Ben Eagle for the National Federation of Young Farmers Clubs in association with SAI Global. It featured Robin Levin and was supported by Rowena Curtis and Sarah Palmer. The podcast was funded by DEFRA,